It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Reds have been linked to some prominent starting pitchers in the MLB trade deadline rumor mill. Can they get Justin Verlander, Dylan Cease, or Eduardo Rodriguez? We'll tell you on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. We are your team every day. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. We want to thank those of you that listen every day. If you're an everydayer, get in those comment sections. Let us know what you like about this Reds team. Hit us up on Twitter. We want to talk baseball with you. On today's podcast, we have so much to cover. The trade deadline is just one day away, and we're going to take a look at who is left that the Reds should go after or could go after uh, in a deadline deal, depending on where you land on what it is that they should do. The Red Legs secured another series win over the weekend, taking two of three from the mighty Los Angeles Dodgers out at Chavez Ravine and are once again back in first place in the National League Central as they head to Chicago for a four-game set. Jonathan India has landed on the injured list. That's a big deal. That's big news. We're going to get into that a little bit. And David Bell, the captain, uh, the skipper, the boss man, he gets himself an extension. He's going to be sticking around through at least 2026. Jeff, there is a lot of information that we're going to have to try and shoehorn into this show. Let's start with just 24 hours remaining before the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Uh, it looks like the Texas Rangers and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Southern California, Orange County, Northern Mexico have gone out and like are trying to pluck every pitcher available off the market right now. If the Reds are going to do something, they better move quick. Yeah, there's been a lot of movement and none of it's been from the Reds. In fact, even the Cardinals have gotten involved in the movement. Now, moving players out, not not trading for anyone, but trading away players uh, like we kind of thought they might. The Reds have been linked to a number of guys that, let's be honest, I didn't think we'd be linked to. Now, it's possible that there's just some amount of conversation and it hasn't gone very deep, but there's been a couple of interesting notes. And I want to start first with the man who's won three Cy Youngs. That's um, three. That's two more Cy Youngs than the Reds have in my lifetime and two more Cy Youngs than the Reds have ever had. Uh, Justin Verlander. In fact, it was confirmed by Jeremy Booth. He is a uh, MLB reporter for KHOU that he said the Reds are a potential landing spot for Justin Verlander. In fact, he even said in a tweet, ask from Reds is thought to include one Cam Collier, the 2022 first round pick for the Cincinnati Reds. So let's start there because we're going to look at a couple of guys. We're going to look at Verlander, Dylan Cease, and Eduardo Rodriguez, the ace for the Detroit Tigers, who used to pitch quite a bit for the Boston Red Sox. But we're going to look at each three of these guys and which look at which is more likely. So in a vacuum, Justin Verlander coming to Cincinnati is kind of strange. 
But consider this. The Reds are bona fide contenders. You add Justin Verlander to this rotation, they're bona fide bona fide. And this seems like a deal that the Reds could get done, especially for the fact that the Mets are in sell mode. They've already traded away Max Scherzer. They've already traded away their closer and David Robertson. There are rumors out there that Mark Canha, Tommy Pham, on the move again, uh, maybe a couple of other guys. Are they really going to hold on to Justin Verlander? I don't think so. Uh, something important to remember is I think that Verlander has one additional year on that yes. contract, something in the neighborhood of $40 million. Uh, if you didn't catch it, Sam LaCure and I talked a lot about Justin Verlander uh, in that bonus uh, interview that I had dropped over the weekend. If you haven't checked that out, go check it out. Sam had a lot of things to say about Verlander, and one of them is this. Justin Verlander is an experienced playoff pitcher that moves the needle. Uh, if you're going to trade a talent uh, that is equal to Cam Collier, uh, you, that's what you need to be getting in return. A needle-moving, experienced veteran, game one of a playoff series starter. That's what you get with Justin Verlander. Listen, Verlander's 40 years old, and that would make me gun-shy on anybody else we were talking about. But let's not forget, his age 39 season, last season for the Houston Astros, he was 18-4 and four with a 1.75 ERA and 28 starts. This is a guy that's still doing it at an elite level. For the Mets this season, a little bit worse on the record. He's 5-5, five and five, 3.24 ERA and 15 starts. That's 89 innings pitch, Jeff. But the Mets have been not that great, and he's still putting up numbers that would make this rotation instantly better, would make this team instantly credible, would make the Cincinnati Reds the favorite to win the National League Central, in my opinion, moving forward through the rest of the baseball season. Now, to be fair, I kind of took this and ran with it to say that Cam Collier was the guy that was the trade piece going back to the Mets. There might have been another person because the tweet did say part of the return be Cam Collier. But if he's the headliner, you would expect you wouldn't be hearing Noelvi Marte or Edwin Arroyo or guys that are above him in, in that capacity. I think... If that's the deal, I'm taking that 100% of the time. Look, I get it. Cam Collier is a lot of talent. He's He's got a very bright future. And and some people have been want to, to talk about statistics in Daytona. I don't care about what his statistics in Daytona are. He's got the tools. He's going to develop into the player that we think he can, at least somewhat of the player we think he can be, even on the low end of the uh, what what's likely to happen for him, even still. This solidifies the rotation. That's what Nick Crawl is setting out to do with this trade deadline. If he can do it, that he should do that. So I, I think that it's it's definitely worth a look. The biggest question is, and you and Sam LeCure did talk about this, would Sam LeCure waive that uh, no trade clause to come to Cincinnati? Would I Verlander. don't know that. Would, would Verlander waive his no trade clause? Did Sam, I say Scherzer? Sam, you said Sam LeCure. Uh, he oh, he already LeCure, waived his, yeah. he he already already waved his no trade clause. <laughs> Yeah, but would Verlander waive his no-trade clause to come to Cincinnati? And that is a question that I don't think anybody can answer, except for Justin Verlander and maybe Kate Upton. I don't know. She she might be able to answer that for him, although it would be nice to see Kate Upton in a Reds jersey. But when it comes to Justin Verlander, I really think that at the end of the day, that is a guy I would go get because I don't think there's as many strings attached as there are with the next two guys we're going to talk about. 
Yeah, let, let's get into a couple more names. I don't want to use up this whole segment on Verlander, although I would be really happy to get Verlander. And just, just to really quickly piggyback on the Cam Collier thing, no, I don't think it would be a one-for-one. One. There would be other pieces to this. But if those other pieces are Reese Hines, if those other pieces are even a Chase Petty, maybe, I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, you, you, you have to look at that. Uh, next on the list, though, Jeff, is Dylan Cease. And the White Sox had said, that they were that, that cease wasn't going anywhere, but it's starting to look like that may not necessarily be true. Uh, this looks like this also comes from uh, Twitter uh, and a Dylan. This is from MLB.com, actually. Yeah. From MLB.com, thanks. Uh, the Reds would be getting Dylan Cease. Uh, White Sox. The proposed package would be Jonathan India, uh, Edwin Arroyo, uh, Chase Petty, and Jay Allen. Uh, I don't know. This to me is a little bit of a harder pill to swallow there, Jeff. And especially now that Jonathan India has landed on the injured list, which we will get to a little bit later in the show, uh, could complicate putting together a package. Uh, one thing that's important to remember, and it's what we've been saying now for the last couple weeks, pitching is expensive at the deadline and it's going to cost a lot to get these guys. It's a good thing I was already setting down because if you had to give me that trade proposal and I was standing up, I would have fallen because that's a lot. And I get it. Dylan Cease is going to cost a lot because he is a good pitcher with multiple, multiple years. I think he's got two more years of control, not just one. So, yes, Jonathan India has to be a part of that deal with his multiple, multiple years of control. But also the the girth of talent that the Reds would have to give up and their prospects just not going that's that's going to hurt I I think with the deal now again that's two more years on top of this year with an ace a bona fide ace that you would add to Hunter Green Nicoladola and all that other stuff the question for me would be how necessary is that now the, that that would make the rotation absolutely fantastic but do you really need to go out and get an ace I, I feel like they could get a pitcher in the next tier and not trade as much because while Cam Collier high level talent and yes, we'd be giving that up in a hypothetical deal for Justin Verlander. We're not giving up that many prospects in this one. We're giving up quality and quantity. Yeah, and 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 let's talk a little bit about Cease. You know, this season for the White Sox, again, the White Sox are who they are, but Cease has made 22 starts. That leads baseball at 22 games started right now. He's four and four, 4.15 ERA. He's thrown 119 innings already and and he's done it very very well uh all of the positives that you just mentioned multiple years of team control uh a, a legitimate another guy that we can include in that ace conversation amongst a lot of pitchers the reds will have that could be considered an ace uh he checks all the boxes but i think the price tag at this point this is one of those trades jeff that i feel like could have the potential to derail the plan a little bit when yes. you have to pay that much to bring in a pitcher. So for me, would I be okay with Verlander with who we talked about? Yes. Short-term deal. Maybe he's here one more year. They'd have to pay through the nose to keep him the one more year, but it, it doesn't derail the plan. This one, this feels a little bit different. And I'm not sure that if they're going to expend the prospect capital like this, that it needs to be for an ace starting pitcher. Uh, there's a couple other holes. If they're really going to go out and spend some capital that I would rather see them fill uh, because we have four legitimate, you know, quality major league starters that will be in this rotation next season, whether they make a move for a pitcher or not. 
And there's one other guy, and this one's intriguing to me because he has had a very good year statistically, but he's also dealing with some injuries, and he has a strange contract clause that would have to be worked out, and that is Eduardo Rodriguez. He has torn it up for the Detroit Tigers. Ever since they signed him, he has been the ace that they've been looking for. However, he is dealing with a strange ligament injury in his finger on his pitching hand. I believe it's in his uh, index finger. And then he also has this clause that he can opt out of his contract at the end of this year. So there's a lot of contingencies that would come with acquiring Eduardo Rodriguez We'd have to know that, yes, he's getting ready to come back or he's going to be healthy for a playoff run. And we would need to know that he's not going to opt out at the end of the season. Because if you're getting a guy that's just basically a damaged rental, then you better not be trading very much for him. And I can't imagine the Tigers are pulling the trigger on the deal that they're not getting much for when it comes to Eduardo Rodriguez. And, and you'd have to remember the whole the whole thought process behind going and get a starter right now is an immediate fix to a rotation that has fixes coming. If we were waiting yes. for a, a hurt pitcher to be back, then we could just wait for Green and Lodolo. Uh, the Tigers, however, it's interesting to me because the Tigers, we've talked about being a potential trade partner for the Reds, but not going with Rodriguez, but instead a, uh, a reunion tour with Michael Lorenzen. And there's been no rumors for that at all. He's been linked with the Rays. He's been linked with, I think, the, uh, the going back to the Angels, ironically, or the Dodgers or something like that. But he's not been linked to the Reds at all, which is kind of surprising to me. So for me, where I think this lands, I, I would like to see the Reds go get a starter, but I, it has to make sense with Nick Cross' plan. Uh, I would like to see uh, a trade that brings back a reliever as well. Uh, it would be great if they could go just find a package and bring two guys back in a deal. That would be uh, optimal for me. Uh, my long-term prediction, you know, what is going to happen over the next 24 hours, Jeff, I think we get a reliever from somebody. I think we're going to fall short on a starting pitcher unless this Verlander thing. It's going to be Verlander or none of these guys. That's, that's where I, pr I predict on this one. And just to add a little bit of fuel to that fire, there was a report in The Athletic that ever since Max Scherzer was traded, Justin Verlander is reassessing his commitment to the Mets for the rest of his contract. So that, that might be intriguing. He might just out and ask for a trade. We'll have to see how that plays out. But one thing is for certain, the Reds are very active. This deadline, something's going to happen. I don't necessarily know how big. I keep going back and forth as to whether I think it's going to be that big trade. But Nick Crawl is going to make the right move that we know. We also know that this Reds team has been fun, regardless of what they do at the deadline, and they have a real shot to win the division, regardless of what they do at the deadline. They showed why over the weekend. We'll discuss that coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor. Now, it's FanDuel. You can take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet uh, amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to over unders to who you think's going to hit the first home run in the game. Speaking of over unders, the reds and the cubs today's over under is at eight. Steve, uh, you've got Marcus Stroman on the mound. He's pretty good. You got Andrew rabbit on the mound. He's really good, but None of the first three games between these two teams in late May at Wrigley Field 
had less than nine total runs in any one game. Take the over. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, maybe maybe take the over. Uh, and you can do this all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And remember, if you cannot be at Wrigley Field or at the ballpark, wherever the Reds are at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Coming up tomorrow, every day, we will see a deadline deal. I know it. I feel it in my bones. Maybe. We'll see. Make sure you keep it tuned to Lockdown Reds and we'll keep you up to date as to whether or not that happens and what they look like. If we hear about some swings and misses, if we hear about some deals that we're like, yeah, glad that we missed on that. We'll be talking all about that right here on Lockdown Reds. But you know what, Steve? Let's uh, focus back on the field because the Reds were dominant on Sunday. In fact, really looked like they were in control of this entire series over the Dodgers in the own ballpark. Yeah, a lot of what we said needed to happen during this series came to be or came very, very close to be freaking robbed home run. A lot of things <laughs> happened that we said we needed to have happen. And I want to start with Graham Ashcraft because we were wondering, is the is good Graham Ashcraft back? Did he figure it out? Does he know what's going on? Yes, good Graham Ashcraft is back in this rotation. Yeah, he has figured out what kind of pitcher he needed to be. Uh, he was trying to be an overpowering strikeout pitcher, and that was not working for him. He went back to being the guy that is pitch efficient, that gets the lets the defense work for him, and gets him out of innings. In that start, he went six innings, Jeff. He allowed five hits, no runs. He only struck out two dudes. Here's the keys. He walked nobody. And he only threw 85 pitches in those six innings. 60 of those were for strikes. So Graham Ashcraft has figured out he is back. He is somebody we can count on the rest of the way in this Reds rotation for the 2023 baseball season. I really believe like if that game was actually close, if that game was actually like a tense situation that David Bell would have left him in there, but he didn't need to, he didn't need to go throw seven innings. He had a chance to get some bullpen work for some guys that have been struggling lately. And it was nice to see those guys at least keep the scoreboard clean, but yes, overall, I mean, I was already kind of, you know, announcing him back into the circle of trust. He is firmly within that circle. One of the other things that I said when we talked about this series, Jeff, was that I needed to see some power from the left-handers. I needed them to tee off on these uh, right-handers in the Dodgers rotation that aren't necessarily their best starting pitchers. 
and I predicted two home runs from Joey Votto. He nearly did that yesterday. He got the one. Got he robbed. nearly got me the second one. He got robbed. But, you know, on the day, three RBIs, you know, a couple of hits. He had a couple of walks in one of the games before earlier in the series. You know, Joey Votto is going to be just fine. Two for 11 overall. couple walks, a homer, three RBIs. I will take it. Brandon Williamson also was the guy we said we needed him to be. You and I talked about this. We said we didn't need him to go out there and completely overpower this Dodgers lineup. We didn't think that was a reasonable ask. We needed him to be a fourth or fifth starter. We needed him to try and get a quality start. We needed him to keep the Dodgers limited to a couple of runs and allow the Reds to do their thing. What did he do? Five and two-thirds inning pitched two earned runs, and he minimized the damage from the four walks that he allowed. Now, that's a bit of a high walk total that I, I don't want to see that a lot, but managed to pitch around it. So Brandon Williamson was exactly what we needed him to be, a fourth or fifth guy that gave his team a chance to win, and they did. And there's a great quote from Sam LaCure in your chat with him from Saturday, which, by the way, if you have not listened or watched Steve's chat with Sam LaCure, you got to go check that out. But he mentioned, like, Brandon Williamson, he hasn't seen him fall down yet and see how he, you know, dusts himself back off from a bad start. I'm not saying this was a bad start. I mean, he was one out away from a quality start. But those four walks, kind of like you mentioned, like, I think – there's there's microcosms in a baseball season, whether it's, you know, a short stretch of games, it's one really bad game. How do you come back from that? I think even within this start, you can look at those four walks and you say, boy, if you were just if you were a little bit more pitch efficient, you're going to hit Jeff's bold prediction. I'm saying that Brandon Williamson would get a quality start. But more than that, you would be able to pitch into the seventh inning. Who knows? Maybe you get one or two more outs in the seventh and you're talking about one of the best starts of his uh, his short, short career at this point. But I, I think that's just another lesson that he needs to take from this next start, hoping to see a lot less walks. I'll tell you this though, Steve, Elliot Ella Cruz, he ends the series with six hits, which is basically two hits no, in every not. game, which no. is basically uh-huh. what my bold prediction. Nope. <laughs> You're not no, gonna give that to me. It does not work that way, sir. But Ellie <laughs> in fact had himself a day yesterday going four yes, for five deaths. That put him for six for fourteen on the series with a home run. An absolute no doubter at Dodger Stadium yesterday. Uh Ellie De La Cruz did a thing. And I want I want to put this out there. To all the visiting fans, please chant overrated whenever Ellie comes up to the plate. Please boo this man because he's gonna absolutely eat your lunch when you do it Dodgers fans were chanting overrated in his second at bat and he about left Chavez Ravine with his home run he hit the thing so hard and so far so yeah yeah you keep on going and chanting all that crap because you guys don't know anything because Ellie is a boss couple other guys that really had themselves a nice weekend as well, Jeff. Uh, both Matt McClain and Jake Fraley hit 400 on this weekend series. Yes. Uh, Matt McClain going 4 for 10 with a base on balls, a homer, a couple RBIs. Jake Fraley 4 for 10, a homer, 3 RBIs, and a stolen base. Uh, it's just nice to see the offense clicking. Uh, that's exactly what we needed from them to go up against this Dodgers lineup that is just dangerous at every turn uh, and keep the Reds in games. And they, they did the things. They did what we expected them to do and and they continue to do that against everybody that's not the milwaukee brewers so (laughs) i think that this will let us all now take a breath and relax a little bit the reds are back in first place and they're moving in the right direction 
And to add to this zen of positivity that we are creating with this segment, the Reds now have entered the land of positive run differential overall on the season. So even with all of the negativity that the Milwaukee Brewers brought to this season, the Reds are still positive. So just like this podcast, no matter how much negativity you find in the year, the Reds are on top of it and remaining positive. This is another positive that I know. I can see the over just over the horizon. We're going to hit the over here in just a couple yeah. weeks, Jeff. We don't. Big is. exciting news. Listen, yeah. some other things happened over the course of this weekend since we last talked to all of our listeners. David Bell has been extended. Jonathan India has landed on the injured list. And we have some things to say about that. And we're going to talk about those things coming up right after this. Remember that if you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. You can also follow this podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you've clicked that notification bell so that you get notified when we go live, when we do special live shows, uh, when... Uh, surprise interviews drop into the feed over the weekend like this weekend with sam lecure you'll get notified of all those things click those buttons baby uh, you can also join us on discord the link for our discord server is down in the description of the show lots of great reds conversation over there we hope you can join us to talk some baseball because as we say we love talking baseball with you all right jeff uh, lots of things happened since we recorded our last episode on friday uh, let's start with the bad one and then we'll work our way into what we think is the good one. So yeah. the bad one is that red second baseman, former rookie of the year, Jonathan India finds himself on the injured lift with plantar fasciitis. And I don't know how much that hurts, but I have heard from people that that hurts. So I feel bad for Jonathan India uh, from a reds perspective. This is pretty bad timing. If they were looking to package him in a deal to bring a pitcher, as we talked about earlier in the show uh, that could derail certain trade talks. If Jonathan India is not hundred percent. I don't necessarily know how deep the Reds had gotten to conversations with other teams about trading him this deadline season. I look at him more as an off-season trade piece, and probably that's what's going to happen if they do end up dealing him. This is intriguing to me, though, because he said, I'm going to be back in nine days. I'll be ready to be back in nine days, basically saying that however long this is supposed to take for everyone else, it's only going to take nine days for me. I find this interesting because Jonathan India is want to play hurt. He does not mind playing through injuries. Here's the problem with that this year. They don't need him to. In fact, they can, they can kind of survive without him. We, we've, that's one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people are feeling like the Reds should go ahead and pull the trigger on some sort of trade where India is involved because the roster kind of can function pretty decently without him. And we saw it yesterday. The up the middle combination of Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain is just a thing of beauty. And as much as Jonathan India means to this ball club, he doesn't have to rush himself back. He doesn't have to come back and play hurt. We said it last year, whenever it really wasn't that true because they didn't have anybody to really replace him. this year they do. And I feel like if he feels the, the need, if he feels the urge to play hurt, uh, he should fight that urge. And, you know, here's the thing with Jonathan India uh, being out of the lineup. It, it really does give the other players some time to adjust to a potential 
absence of him gives the fans some time to see what the team looks like. And because Jonathan India is on the injured list, it freed up a roster spot and a little outfield help has arrived in the form of Stuart Fairchild joining the team from Louisville. Uh, You know, Fairchild's been streaky. He's had runs of great games followed by runs of not so great games. And I hope that it's a few runs of great games to provide a little bit more outfield depth because with India out of the lineup, uh, we're going to see Spencer steer more on the infield than in left field. Yeah, because you basically have Newman and uh, McLean that would play second base mostly. Spencer Steer played some second base at the end of Sunday's game, but Sunday's game ended up weird anyway. I mean, Miguel Rojas, guy who was playing, I think, third for the uh, Dodgers. It was a third base or shortstop, one of the two. I forgot. But he ended up pitching the final inning for them. That's just how bad the scoreboard was. But I, I think overall you're mainly going to see McLean play second base and then the very rare chances that you see him out of the game, Kevin Newman will probably end up playing second base there. So it's it's going to be, uh, I think, a perfect encapsulation of what the future may look like because we have said, and most people that have looked at Matt McClain has said, he's going to end up at second base. And this is going to be the time where we get to see that happen. All right, let's move on to wrap things up on a positive note. At least you and I think it's a positive note. There's going to definitely be some people in the comments that don't think that this is a positive note. But the Cincinnati Reds extended David Bell. Uh, They gave him a shiny three-year contract extension, keeping him a member of the Cincinnati Reds through 2026. Uh, I've said it a couple times now, Jeff. I think this is a good move. I think that uh, you had to do this. David Bell has, has... navigated his way through a couple trash seasons with players that didn't deserve to be in the major leagues with the rug pulled out from under him uh, at every turn uh, with PowerPoint presentation saying that the team's never going to compete. You know, David Bell has survived all of that and now has a winner on his hands. So I think this is absolutely the right move for the franchise to give David Bell some security, to show a little bit of a commitment and extend David. And it makes me happy too, given the very quiet departure of Buddy Bell from the Reds organization just a few weeks ago. Uh, It it makes me feel better that there was no shenanigans going on now that we've seen David Bell extended. Right, because let's face it, the promotion that we were surmising might happen quote unquote promotion would not necessarily be that I think for David Bell, I think he's grown very accustomed to the managerial spot and another great tease to the same liqueur conversation. Sam liqueur really talks about how he is in the clubhouse, how he is when the camera is not on him, when people are not watching him and why he is such a good manager to all the players. And the moment that we say that, his detractor's eyes glaze over. So let me help you out with this. If you are a detractor of David Bell, tell me what manager took a 100 loss team to a division championship. Nobody. That's never happened in the history of baseball. The Reds have a legitimate shot to do that this year. And I I, I feel like if you do that, he is absolutely, three years might be too short. He's going to get the NL Manager of the Year award if the Reds end up winning the division. And even if they like fall just a little bit short, he's still going to have an amazing argument for it because of the job that he has done with this young team. And I, I loved, because uh, they asked Nick Kroll about this the other day after the extension happened, I loved what he had to say about David Bell and the job that he has done this season. David's done a great job. His coaching staff's done a great job this year. Uh, you know, we came in and, and it was 
about growing, and we've done that. We've, we've created a good culture around our major league clubhouse. Uh, we've integrated a lot of young players into our major league team and, and continue to, to grow, and, and players get better, coaches get better, and, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think the coaching staff overall has done, obviously a reflection on David, but the coaching staff overall has done a great job just helping young players get better and continue to get better at the major league level. David took it as a challenge to make sure that he was going to create the best culture he could coming into the season. He's, this is something we sat down and talked about, and he had plans for in the offseason and then just started doing things in spring training, and those one thing led to another, and you know, it's, it's really taken off uh, with this group of players. I'm excited about where we are and excited about where we're going. Uh, are we there yet? No. We still have work to do? Yeah, we do. But at the same time, it's been a lot of fun to watch these players grow, these coaches grow, and our team and our organization get better. And it's from the minor leagues all the way to the big leagues. What did we hear in spring training? We heard David Bell, we heard Joey Votto, we heard Jonathan India all talking about we've got to hit the ground running. We've got to be focused and ready to go from day one. And while they did still have kind of that growing period, that was that period where they didn't have Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz on the roster. Whenever those guys got up here, we all felt as though they'd been part of the team forever. We all felt as though they were grizzled vets that have done this. And I think that a huge reason for that not only is just their own personalities and their own player player abilities but it's david bell as well david bell empowered these guys to do what they are doing right now no and and i'm i'm so excited to see david bell have the security to know that this team is not going to get taken away from him and handed off to somebody else after he did the hard parts after he stuck around here for that hundred lost season you know i i would have hate to have seen that uh, I'm excited for Bell to be around. I think it was the right move at the right time. Uh, you know, Sam LaCure talked about how players feel about their first manager. And there's all these rookies on the team right now that David Bell is their first manager. And I think that not only is it great to have that security for David, I think it's great to have that for all of these rookies to know that for the next three years, the philosophy is not going to change. The way they're doing things is not going to change. What's expected of them is not going to change. And that they're going to have a person that's going to advocate for them along the way. I think that will create you know, more and more and more building that winning culture, building that winning clubhouse, uh, making players want to be here. All of those pieces are fed by the right guy at the top. And I think right now we've got the right guy at the top. I think it's important to note too, like everybody always makes the point of, man, these reds just look fun. David Bell's at the top of that. David Bell is one of the leading reasons for that. As much as you or I may find his post-game press conferences to be snooze fest, put you to sleep, I can't listen to him for very long. There's a reason we don't use clips from them for very many times because, let's face it, nobody really wants to listen to this for you know longer than that period of time that I just did that impression. So when it comes to David Bell, know this. What this team is, he has driven that personality which far and away makes this three-year extension well worth it. And on that note, that's where we're going to go ahead and wrap up this jam-packed edition of Locked on Reds. We did it just a little bit over. We got it all in. Uh, before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on tomorrow's show. 
It's trade deadline time. Will the Reds make a move? Make sure you keep it tuned right here to Locked On Reds as we'll keep you covered. We'll have emergency podcasts for any trades. You can bet if Justin Verlander gets traded here, we're going to pull Steve right out of the emergency room, tell him all those patients can wait because we got to talk about Justin Verlander coming to Cincinnati. I'm sure they're really going to like that too. Uh, so you make sure you keep it tuned to Locked On Reds every single hit the wrong one again jeffrey you're looking at that picture of kate upton well hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today